Hey, what is up? This is John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you're looking for a show that's going to give you the insight into complete athletic development and give you guys the tools that you need to win, then you have found the right spot. Guys, I appreciate you listening. Today is Friday Fire and Fact, and I'm going to get right to it. If you want to learn about the dialogue for the rest of our shows, go to one of the other episodes. We break it down there for you. But today is Friday Fire and Fact, and I'm basically going to redo this episode because we recorded it last week, and for some reason the audio did not come through at all. And uh, that's a user error on my part, so I apologize for that. But we're going to go over the same topic. And I think it actually worked out really well because it gave me the opportunity to really think about the question that I was asked a little bit more in-depthly. And so when I put out on my Instagram a week or two ago, which by the way, you can uh, reach me at ELP underscore John on Instagram, One of the questions I was asked was, what was your greatest success story? It was something like that. Greatest win, greatest success story. And I thought it was appropriate to share this because we preach how it's okay to have pride in what you've accomplished because you never know who is listening, who is watching, and who you might inspire by your actions. And if you are hashtag humble about your wins then and if you don't talk about them then you you're losing an opportunity to possibly impact somebody's life and so I felt like that's really what I needed to speak on there were a few other questions but that's the one that resonated with me the most and so that's what we're going to talk about here and I'm going to make it short this uh this episode won't be about anything else other than that and that success story for me There's really two. The big one for me that sticks out was our success with scoliosis. This is a story that I haven't talked about in a long time for no particular reason. Just it happened probably, gosh, eight, nine years ago, I guess, something like that. And, you know, it's just time goes by. It's one of those things that we just didn't talk about a whole lot anymore. And I still see the family. Uh, we have a great relationship with the family and, and the the individual with whom we worked. And I haven't talked to her in a while, but I, I hope she's doing well. I had to kind of dig through some of our records to actually get the information since it's been it been a minute. So the story with scoliosis. Now, I always preface, and it's important that people listening who don't know who we are, you know, we're not doctors, we're not PTs, okay? We have a great network of healthcare providers that we do work with. You've, you know, listened to some of them on the uh, on the show, but here locally, like we have great orthos we work with and PTs, massage therapists and chiros, all kinds of people that we we work with. So I always preface, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a healthcare provider, and we, we don't step across those lines ever, ever. So I was not treating scoliosis. That was not the objective. So make sure that's clear. We were not treating scoliosis. The family approached us and asked us, hey, she's having some pain. Here's the situation. Is there anything that we can do to help? And so we went through our 
standard protocol. We evaluate how the nervous system tells the muscles what to do. And so whether you're coming in with knee pain, elbow pain, back pain, something like that, hip, what have you, we're going to go through a very similar process because the theory in the philosophy is that pain and injury occur because muscles don't properly absorb force. And you can't over-strengthen that. You can't strengthen a muscle and impact how it absorbs force. It doesn't work that way. The muscle is shut down. We have to get it to fire again. We have to get it responding quickly. And we have to find where that neurological inhibition resides. So I went through the process. So then we started going and th- things were going very, you know, very well, feeling better. You know, she was um, doing well in her, you know, sporting events that she participated in. And what ended up happening was, I guess let me backtrack, I believe her she had a curvature of, I believe, 35 degrees plus, and it was increasing at, I, I think, I don't have the notes in front of me at the moment, but I want to say it was about three, three degrees, three to five degrees every six months, six to eight months. So, I mean, it was, it was significant, and, you know, I think she was, you know, she was dealing with some pain as a result of that for sure. And so what we did was, after our time was completed working with her, we not only stopped the progression, but we were actually able to assist and decrease that curvature by 10 to 15 degrees. Like I said, I don't have the notes in front of me, and I actually tossed them away last week because I thought the episode recorded with audio. It's like 10 to 15 degrees, and she was told by her ortho that she was no longer no longer a candidate for surgery, didn't need it, and she was good to go. And there are probably some doctors and practitioners out there that have had more success than us, and if you're listening to this episode, I would love to hear your story. I mean, that that's awesome. That, that's crazy. Um, but for us, eight, nine years ago, I mean, that was, that was really, really cool to be able to know that we were able to impact somebody's life like that. I mean, that's a, that's a very serious, you know, situation. Surgery, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I know, you know, surgery is pretty extensive when it comes to scoliosis. And so as somebody coming coming into this industry you know with kind of new ideas new concepts of impacting the body through neurological based activations to be able to see it truly work like that and impact somebody's life was really really special for us how we did it i can go through some of the basic processes for you we don't really know kind of what what creates scoliosis? Maybe there's some research out there. I just haven't seen it in a while. So I'm kind of going back eight years into my memory log. We do know though, that there's an issue with the cerebellum and the cerebellum is a part of the brain that coordinates movement and posture. We do know that there's going to be a problem with that. So that was one of the things that we definitely tried to address. We tried to ensure that there was proper signaling, you know, across the nervous system. And, you know, so both from the cortex standpoint and the cerebellum, we tried to do what we could to help drive that cerebellum, drive feedback up, okay? drive as much feedback up to the cerebellum as we could to try to help stimulate that part. Cause you can, you can strengthen the muscles all day and that's great. But again, if there's a neurological deficiency there, then we're not going to be able to get the activation that we, we really need to get. We got to go back to the brain. So cerebellum activation was a big part of it. Working with the healthcare project, uh, Dr. J, you probably listened to Dr. J's episode a few episodes ago. Dr. J was a huge help in this. Utilizing a neurotarget system, cerebellum-based activations to help balance things out, drive it up. That was a big part. Um, we used a lot of different types of electric muscle stimulation units at that time prior uh, to our involvement with the newbie. 
<clears throat> um, you know, to try to do some things. There was some success there. We also went through a lot of isometric type work as well. And the theory behind that is when you look at how the brain processes information and the development of compensation patterns, we find that you, you we should train the beginning of a movement because the beginning, like the lengthened part of a push-up, for example, is going to be the weakest portion. So let's train the beginning and we'll train the end. And the brain can kind of figure out the rest. And rather than try to actually address the middle and create more compensation, so like I, I'm just hypothetically throwing a random exercise out, like a back extension or something like that, you know, we actually, where, where you have to actually compensate, we actually trained the opposite way. We went the other two directions. And isometrics can do that because isometrics can help eliminate or in and even identify compensations they can make them present but they can assist in kind of keeping them at bay so to speak so like when there is when you have an injury there's or pain there's going to be compensation or like let's use me for example i had back surgery when i was 18 like i'm all these years removed and, I, and i'm good but there's still compensation there right my lat on the left side, just that's where the surgery was, you know, left, left part of my lower back. My lat still doesn't develop all that well. My quad still doesn't develop all that well, right? There's still compensations, okay? So I put the newbie on me, I scan, and I light up like a dang Christmas tree, right? And so utilizing isometrics can help keep these compensations at bay. And so through all that work, we were able to really see a significant improvement and improvement in her quality of life, so much so that her doctor's said she was good to go. Looking back, what would I have changed? Um, there was some knowledge there that I, I didn't have, so I, I admittedly would probably dig into the primitive reflex side of stuff a lot more. At that time, I wasn't all that familiar with that. I would have looked into the primitive reflex side of stuff, and if you don't know really what that is, primitive reflexes are reflexes that we are basically innately given. You know, we have them, you know, um, they're developed at birth and even before then, but then as they start to go away, they're designed to protect us, but as they start to go away, it leads way to the deep tendon reflexes and more specialized reflexes. But the point is, is they work like a symphony. Okay. And they, one leads way to another and then to another, et cetera. And sometimes these reflexes can get stuck. Like they don't, they don't fully ingrain as I think the proper terminology, I like to say they don't go away. So they don't fully ingrain and that can lead to different types of compensation. So you have all kinds of different ones like asymmetric, tonic neck reflex, symmetric, uh, spinal gallant. Uh, I mean, you can go on and on. Palmer, there's all kinds of reflexes. So when those don't develop, the body will compensate. And so going back to be able to identify some of those would have been very helpful. Um, I think looking at the vestibular system would have been very helpful as well. There, there are definitely a number of things that we would have done differently, but... For the knowledge we had at that time, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool, and and I wanted to share that story, and maybe that inspires somebody, you know. But to be able to have her live a good quality of life, and she's moved on. I don't even know where she lives. She's I feel like she's up north somewhere. To, for her to have a good quality of life, that that's really special, and really important, and ultimately that's why we are here. That's why we are all in this industry to some degree, right? We are here to help people and to be you know, to, to give them the tools that they need to succeed. And that's kind of the mission of the podcast is to give you guys the tools that you need to succeed. And so I wanted to share that, that with you. I wanted to share with you a success story we had, and I, I hope that resonates with somebody. 
And hey, if you're a coach or a practitioner and you you've had success, I would love to hear from you. Chris and I both would um, learn what we could have done better, learn your skills, and let's just talk and communicate and build a network because that's what it's all about. You know, building a network and, and helping everybody across the country. That, that's what it's all about. So, hope you guys enjoyed that story and you know share your wins, guys. It doesn't mean you be prideful. We're not prideful. You got to you got to be humble. But being humble doesn't mean not sharing and not being proud of what you accomplished. Share your wins, guys. You never know who you're going to inspire, okay? And you guys know, share the show. That's what we ask of you. Share the show, subscribe, leave us a review at least, please. That's what helps us get get ranked. That's what helps us, you know, be seen is please leave us a review. That's all we ask. If you find the information, we give you guys valuable. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We got some really good episodes coming out, uh, you know, here in the next couple weeks. Hope you guys enjoy. Appreciate it. See you all later. Have a good weekend.